You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Harley with a stretch pass, left wing, Duchesne getting it on goal, he scores! Duchesne wins it for the Stars with 9.2 seconds remaining in overtime after Pedersen and Joshua couldn't convert a 2 on 0. Here they get the side rolling. Skinner scores! McKinnon rolling. They are rolling, rolling, rolling. It's across. Ryan Johnson able to keep it in. Kyle Pozo unable to knock it down. He does score! This is like the Friday of all Fridays. It really is. The Friday before Christmas break. And we're off next week. Yeah. And how how dizzyingly busy does the holidays get? Like this Very last so. this last like six days, I've, you know what? I'm going to go further than that. The last three weeks, it's just been like, whether it's a social engagement or like a Christmas party yeah. or, you know, shopping I've got to get done, errands I've got to get done. And it like all gears up for today. We sit down in like mid-November and are like plan out our December weekends and yeah. it's booked up. and yeah. by the end by the by and we sit down we're like okay we gotta do this with these people and this and this and this and then like and then it's like okay and now we know what we're doing every Saturday and Sunday until Christmas it's yeah. wild how now, quickly it fills up although working in sports media like every year the NHL schedule comes out in June and I'm like I know where I'm going to be through mid-April and this year apparently I don't actually know where I'm gonna we be through mid-May let's go we don't know but uh but yeah I mean you're used to that. It's still a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's Halford and Bruff here. Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Drance filling in for Halford and Bruff. Uh, the official automotive sponsor of Halford and Bruff is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? 650 650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Big Friday show today because, uh, of course, it is an Ask Us Anything Friday. So you can text your Ask Us Anything questions in. We'll read them throughout the show. We also uh, are doing what we learned, and I believe we're giving away a gift card to AJ's Pizza for the best what we learned submission. So that's very, well, very exciting. Best Ask Us Anything. Oh, Best as Ask well. Us Anything. Yeah, it's generally me. Best Ask Us Anything. So, okay. But- but people be throwing in the Ask Us Anything all, right. all day today, so, so you'll we'll have see. a lot of content. Okay, so Best Ask Us Anything gets the AJ's gift card. So that's a, a big encouragement there for you to uh, to send us in the good Ask Us Anything questions. That voice you just heard is a Doug. What's good going morning, on, man? And we've got uh, Basketball Ben, a.k.a. Airbud. Good morning. In the control I love room it. as well. I'm trying to make it stick. I'm trying to make it I stick. I passed it along to the boys yesterday like, yep, yeah, that's good. <laughs> We're doing <laughs> yes. it. The seal of approval. Yes. My legacy on the show yeah, Jimmy, is secured. Your legacy is Jimmy Dodd. That's true. Jim, hey, adven- Jimmy Dodd. The adventures of Jimmy Dodd and Airbud. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what a movie. Um, okay. We got a big show coming up today. As I mentioned, it's a Ask Us Anything Friday. We're doing what we learned at 8.30 as well. Before that, at 6.30, Brady Henderson covering the Seahawks from ESPN will join us. Looking ahead to the Seahawks 
and the Tennessee Titans matchup on Sunday. Geno Smith's status, uh, what's going on in that one for the Seahawks. We'll get into that. AJ, AJ himself of AJ's, AJ's Pizza will drop by for a few minutes at 7 o'clock. Excited to chat with him. The Moj joins us at 7.30. Lots to get into with the Moj today. And uh, your bestie, Rick Dollywall, joins us at 8 o'clock. We we were texting last uh, night. Ah, poopa. <laughs> we were texting last night. We got some. Um, he's got some updates. He's got some nuggets. Very exciting. I don't know. That's <laughs> sorry, Rick. I love when Rick Rick has... calls them tidbits. I, yeah. I should be. I should be clear. I like, love he's when, got some tidbits. I love when Rick has information and you you bring him on to interview him because. He doesn't even wait for you to ask the question. He's just like, guys, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm like, all right, great. Thanks, Rick. We appreciate it. It's, I got. I want to say this. Like, all right. Well, he, he's, he sent me some details about what he wanted to be asked, but maybe we will, as a Christmas joke, just like ask him ask a relevant poopa <laughs> and see where he Ask lands. him everything other than yeah, that. Yeah, Rick, give us your Christmas Actually, movie power that. ranking. Let's, <laughs> let's see how, no, it'll be about the Canucks. But the, I, you brought up one thing specifically that he wants to talk about before we came on the air. Let's just uh, uh, ask about everything other than that and see how long we can get Rick before he before he just like has to get it. No, in you there. know what? The problem, the problem, uh, like you should do that another show with another host. But with me, that's going to descend in argument. That's true. That's true. And, and mostly just because that's what me and Dolly Wall do. It's sport. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's the show today. Before we do all that, let's start by telling everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit bccsa.ca. And, of course, we will start with the Vancouver Canucks wrapped up their road trip with a 4-3 overtime loss to the Dallas Stars. Uh, Canucks took the lead late in the third on a Connor Garland goal as that third line continues to be absolutely on fire. They scored earlier in the game too. Thomas Harley scores to tie it up. And then, as you heard in the intro, Matt Duchesne wins it with 10 seconds left in overtime after uh, Elias Pettersson and Dakota Joshua were stopped on a 2-on-0 in the 3-on-3 overtime period. So the Canucks lose in overtime to the Stars, but they end the road trip six of eight points uh, and points now in eight straight games as they come home to play the San Jose Sharks for their final game uh, on Saturday before the Christmas break. Hey, guys. The Canucks are first place <laughs> you wanna, in the NHL. Do you do it now, Drance? In the NHL. Andy, you're the first place producer at Sportsnet. What what are we gonna are we gonna unfactually declare a bunch of other stuff first place? Well, All that know. matters is wow. what the standings say. <laughs> All that matters is what the standings say. The standings mean nothing. Well, but they say the Canucks are first. But, but what what impact does it have, Andy? It's just nice to say. Because I can't believe it. Okay, okay. I did screenshot fine. it this morning. But like, why you got to poop on me? Well, no. You know what? I've I've actually long had an annoyance with the mid-season screenshot. You know this. I've talked about mm-hmm. it before. I think it's for fans of bad teams. Even if it only lasts we one are. game, fans, can't you can't you <laughs> agree? <laughs> those like, yeah, exactly. Can't you agree that looking at it, even looking at it for one game, sure, it may change today. <laughs> looking at it for one game, you're like, oh my goodness, what, the Canucks are you the think very you're top. Make my heart grow four sizes this holiday season, Andy. No, I would like to. No, look, it would have to be more like look, twelve or thirteen. Sizes. Look, listen, listen. 
excellent road trip. Spirited Very performance. Trip. Spirited performance last night, and that's me being positive because I thought they got speed bagged. But I'm gonna do everyone. I hope. I wish sports happiness for everyone this Christmas holiday season. So I'm going to be tactful about the Canucks performance. Spirited. It was a spirited Canucks performance. They are first in the Pacific. They are first in the West. They have the most points in the NHL. Isn't that neat? That's all neat. They are, however, not first in the NHL. So just, that's it. Like, it's okay. I'm someone who's rigid and like to be factual, and that's where it is. They are first in the Western Conference, though. They are first in the Pacific, too. Yeah. It's amazing. If they're first in the West, then you're first in the Pacific. Oh, thanks, Jamie. I'm just saying. No, you you know what? I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm just saying. I included that they were first in the Pacific in my statement. Being first in the Pacific is honestly more impressive than being first in the West in some ways because the Pacific (laughs) is where all the dogs are. Yeah, it's true. Air Um, Bud, A-Dog, the the number one, the first place team. In the producer's studio, A-Dog and Airbud. That's what the standings say. That's what the standings say. That's right. That's, we'll not dispute them. I don't even know like what the other columns in the producer's standings would be. I have no idea how you would even rank <laughs> I this. I don't know. I don't know what the Everything like, would be made up. criteria would be this, here. It, honestly, this all like... If you if you dig down deep enough, which we definitely shouldn't do, because we should talk about like the Utah Jazz and the Toronto Maple oh, yeah. Leafs getting bludgeoned and yeah. stuff. But if you dig down deep enough, this all dovetails with like a wider frustration I have about the NHL. Like in terms of the standings being broken in terms of the NHL having a marketing page that lets fans of like completely dead teams go and be like, Oh, my Calgary flames are five points out. And it's like, they're like, got, they've got a four seventy four point percentage. They're dead in the water. You know, we, uh, cause we had the point percentage debate during the Boudreaux bump. Yeah. I was insisting on it then. And people got mad at me too. Like, sorry, sorry, Drancer, explain this to me. So the Canucks, are, the standings say they're first in the league. Why are they not? Is it points percentage? Yes. But the standings say they're first. It's because they have the most wins. No, the NHL marketing page says they're first. But the, like, if you look on like the Score app or whatever app you choose to use for standings, they sit the, sit atop. They're number one currently. And but that has zero impact on anything, Andy. It's it's a marketing device used to make fans of bad teams feel like they have a shot, even though the NHL standings are fundamentally broken and prevent teams from actually catching up. And this is sort of where you get into it. In a world with three-point games, the Canucks have so many regulation wins that they'd actually be first in the NHL and, like, clear by a fair bit. But the NHL's use of a marketing page, which, which the league itself doesn't respect, permits you know, fans of bad teams to to pretend that their team's in first five games into the season or fans of good teams to say they're in first 30 games into the season, whatever. But it also makes the fans of actual, like, striver teams feel closer. It's a marketing page that the league itself doesn't respect because the only in-season stakes to this are determined by point percentage. But the last time the Canucks were first in the West this deep into a season was over a decade ago. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> but that, that should be the talking but point. But that's why it's amazing. Is no, that, but that's that, amazing. Right. That's why I screenshotted it. Excellent. Well, yeah. So no. what, posi- what position are they in the league then? But, but you just said first in the West. Right. So shoot, they are first in the West. We agree. What are they in the league why, then? Wh- Who's ahead of them? They the would league? be third by Boston point percentage. Boston and New York are ahead of them. And that's okay. Like, that's amazing. Those are good teams. We don't need to, we don't need to lie. Or play the NHL's game to to appreciate it. That's it. And I think for me, the thing is the Western a- a- Conference. A-Dog got us way off. I didn't want to yeah. do this. I know. I was going to say, I think we're going to have to, we're going to, we're just what we're going to do. We're gonna, This is it. 
This is all the points percentage talk. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. No, we can't do it now and later in the show. I'm going to tell you right now, Jamie, if they keep playing the way they did on no, the show. No, no, trip, no, 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 no. I it's not going to be a I topic mean for this for much show. Longer. I mean for this show. I don't mean never again in the in like other oh, shows. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, for it's today. Christmas cheer. Sure, I'll yeah. put a, I'll put a lid but, uh, on it for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually didn't even want to do it at all. A dog, A dog, A dog poked me. I'm, I'm here to stir the pot. <laughs> yeah, you did it. I caused chaos. Hey, you know what? Me too. But this is it. We got good, it out of the way. No, no, no. Good people, bit by look, you. But here's the thing: people were going to text in about it, so it was going to come up at some point. That was inevitable. It was. Uh, we we could have ignored it. Yeah, it was good. Trust me, it was going to come up. <laughs> we got it out of the way. We did it. We can all agree they're in first place in the Western Conference, and that's very exciting. Very exciting. And I think it is legitimately exciting. And the Western Conference is the more relevant one anyways because it impacts who they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs. Like, that's the that's the exciting thing to really track. And because no one cares about the President's Trophy. Yeah. Apparently. And like, no, no, it's literally seen as like a liability. Yeah. You win the President's Trophy and everyone's like, ooh, yeah. you're doomed. <laughs> Tough break for them. It's the worst award to win ever. Uh, we're get, we'll get more into the uh, the ins and outs and, and the nuts and bolts of the Canucks performance in Dallas in the whiteboard coming up uh, at 7 o'clock. Uh, but lots happening around sports uh, yesterday. Let's just run through some of the other interesting scores from the NHL. The Buffalo Sabres running up the score. 9-3 against the Leaves. Uh, Ilya Samsonov gets the hook, and he looks absolutely toasted, lost. roasted, washed. Yeah, absolutely done uh, as an option for the Leafs right now. There's a pretty popular take in Toronto that's like, thank God we took him to arbitration, right? Mm -hmm. um, because then they didn't commit to him long term, and now the fact that he's struggling so much isn't a problem. But you can't take a goalie to arbitration. You get between his ears. He's been terrible. All year, like you really with especially with goalies, you have to make the decision to not qualify or to ex or to believe in. Mm -hmm. You can't take a goalie to arbitration and have them hear you say bad stuff about their work ethic and impact on the team. Come on. They, they that that's on them. They did it to themselves. Um, yeah. No. Look, I, I the, the Sabres are, are in that air era. That, that like team era where it's like, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. But it's actually going to take them a few years to get good. But when they get going on all cylinders, man, the, they the, have the offensive upside. The offensive upside yeah. is incredible. The, the team game is not there. And there's been a ton of frustration in Buffalo. Rightfully yes. so. Rightfully so. Very, very rightfully so about it. But the, yeah, they don't lack for guys who can put the puck in the net. The gap between raw talent and results I mm. think I think they're the team with the widest gap at the moment. Maybe, maybe you can say the New Jersey Devils. Who we mm. should also talk about. Yeah, because they lose 6-3 uh, to the Oilers. With the, uh, first of all, Connor McDavid wearing pride tape yep. during warm-up at another team's uh, pride event. Kudos. Tip of the cap. And then they just unfurled like an absolute mess of whoop-ass on the Devils in the third period. And that's why the Oilers are scary. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Oilers still, you know, you look at all the odds and the, and I don't just mean like Dom's model or whatever, but betting odds still very favorable odds to make the playoffs for Edmonton, despite everything because of what they can do and the rest of the Western conference as well, that they're chasing. And, and, and if you don't like it, go make money plus plus one sixty uh, to miss the playoffs for are the Edmonton Oilers Vegas. Yeah. Vegas loses coughed it up too. They had a two nothing mm -hmm. lead. Tampa battles back scores four in a row. Vegas, Vegas ties, ties it up. up. And then they folded like a cheap suit late in the third. Um, Golden Knights under the hood, right? Not elite. Like this has been one one thing about the Golden Knights. Like they're they're overheated too. You know what I mean? Like as much as yep. people want to say, hey, I mean, well, 
people only talk about the Canucks PDO. It's like, you know what? Vegas and L.A. have also been riding favorable percentages. It's just that L.A. is also a lead under the hood. Vegas actually isn't. Um, we know what that team's ceiling is. We know that it would make sense after partying all summer that they would have a stretch where they put it into cruise control. But we're now at a point where it's like 0. 0.691, 0. 0.691, 0. 0.690. That's the point percentage race in the in the Pacific, which is another advantage of this, Jamie. You really understand how close it is. <laughs> like, why would you want to look how at it similar and be like... similar the three teams have been like in terms of their record this year? 0. 0.001 separating three teams, all of whom are the top five in the NHL. Like, isn't that amazing, Air Bud? Isn't that amazing, too? Yes. <laughs> let's, let's screenshot that, too. Let's screenshot that, I too. did. I ah. did screenshot it. <laughs> Of course you did. Incredible. Hey, hey, no wrong way to be a fan, man. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I can think of some. What do you mean? No. Well, I don't. I want to. I don't want to go into them. But like, I can imagine bad ways to be a fan. I don't want to bring the mood down. I'll leave it to your imagination. I. I my imagination's now horrified. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't want to go into it on air. Well, yeah, but I, we can assume like a basic veneer of normalcy. Okay, there you go. Fine. Good God. Um, okay, that was uh, that was on the ice last night in the NFL Thursday night game. The Rams <laughs> beat the Saints. Sorry, I just have to laugh at this. Uh, guy says he's tuning out, even though I'm the number one fill-in host, first first f- place fill-in host, and it says point percentage percentage isn't what determines who makes the playoffs. It literally does. It was one year. <laughs> no, one, no, no. I know. It also like, literally like, does. But at the end of the season, they're the same. Right. Right. And so that's why I find would this you whole say debate that the, stupid. Would you say that the teams with the highest point percentage also make the playoffs? The teams that have the highest points make the playoffs, though, too. That's why they, they, they're they the same they at the end of the year. I see yeah. Canucks fans trying to be they're positive. The and is like, well, actually... And actually Canucks fans trying to be positive whatever in there in, it's a, such a narrow conception of positive it's like we want to be positive by screenshotting this and making fun of everyone Rest, else look what we've been through the last decade just let us have this yeah and I'm, I'm I, I do not have to let anyone have anything <laughs> <laughs> I scream into the void like it's not factual <laughs> and, and it's the, not factual and the void screams and the back. void screams back let us have this <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rams beat the Saints 30 to 22. And obviously the biggest one, a uh, biggest takeaway from this one is that I did leave Puka Nakua in my starting lineup and kept Crystal Ave on my bench. And so I ignored your advice yep. and I was rewarded for it. Not, oh. not a, it was not a massive spread. I think it was 10 points, yeah. which, you know, in the it, playoffs, it, semifinals, it's important. big, it's big, important. I mean, Nakua, Nakua went nuke, right? I mean, there's a yeah. real chance that he's what the wide receiver one, frankly, uh, it's going to take someone like two touchdowns to match that. But like Olave's probably going to have been a top eight play and and really the difference is that Cooper Cup dropped a end zone well he dropped two but he dropped an end zone catch and then they went to Puka on the next play that's fantasy football man it, it, it sure is yeah they were both good plays I yeah. hope you started them both uh no I did not who I do you start who? so I have I, I'm stacked at wide receiver so my receivers this week are going to be Nakua uh, Diggs and T Higgins. Ooh, I'm a little nervous about Diggs. Everyone's I am a little too. Nervous but about it, Diggs. going against the Chargers, yeah, you better hope for an early touchdown because, yeah, then, like it's you know you know what it is. It's the Latavius Murray game, baby. I just like I can never I can never sit 
my top guys. No, I can never. I, s- I know you just don't feel right doing it. I know. I, I've, I've got a. I've got a like DeAndre Hopkins Noah Brown decision in six fifty where I'm up against like the, like our company one where I'm up against mm. Canberra this week. So I want to beat the boss, obviously. obviously. And also, everyone thinks my team's dusty, but I keep crushing it on the wire. So. I really want to continue to like win with scrubs. Every team is dusty in the 650 league. It's There's true. not a single impressive team. The if you were, if you were to read it. the rosters out to everyone, to like the best team, they'd be like, Ugh, that team sucks. Because <laughs> no. there's like 16 of yes. us. <laughs> there, there's 16 of us, three wide receivers, yeah. full PPR. And it's, we're all like sickos who are obsessed with fantasy football. So yeah. like nobody good ever goes unclaimed or it's, undrafted. It's so nasty. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And by the way, one team is good and it's Sats. And now Sats, like, team's all injured. It's incredible. Yeah. It's wild stuff. Uh, okay, and the other thing I wanted to get into, because I actually think this was the most important, the okay. biggest... Are we moving on from the NFL? Just, yes. like, noting fantasy football and moving on? Yes. Because, okay. I mean, whatever. I don't know. What, this is, is the else biggest story. Yeah. Which, which, ben knows where I'm going. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The biggest right. story in sports, the Detroit Pistons lost their 25th straight game, one away now, from tying the NBA record for most consecutive losses in a single season. They lose 119 to 111 against the Jazz. Uh, they did have it to within four uh, four points with a few minutes left. Here's the thing, though. Utah's not a good team. I think they're like 11 and 18 uh, right now. And they were playing on the second half of a back-to-back. We're resting four rotation players in this game because they're on the second half of a back-to-back. Still get the job done. Pistons have not won since October. They were two and one. They are now what two and twenty six, and they have a, a home and home set with the Brooklyn Nets, who are not a great team, but they're like what five hundred ish. Yeah, so still <laughs> way better than Detroit. <laughs> and then and then like the Celtics, the Raptors, the Celtics, yeah, <laughs> and the Rockets, yeah. Oh yeah, this could go on. So this could hit thirty. And the the thing that strikes me is the team. One of the teams that uh, holds the record is like the Process Sixers. The first year where Sam Hinkie came in the, and just stripped the roster down to the studs. The Michael Carter Williams yes, exactly seventy sixers. Yeah, yeah, let's go. And it's like okay, that team. Everyone knew what the score was. Everyone knew they're going to lose a lot of games because they want to lose a lot of games. This team has the highest paid coach in the league. This team, I don't like. <laughs> I don't think people were picking them to make the playoffs, but I don't think anyone was like, oh, this is going to be a this, I, no, I no. I don't think people expect it to be like a dire season for the Detroit Pistons. This is just, yeah, this is an I experienced mean, coach. He took a team to the finals sorry. not that long ago. I expected it to be a dire season once they hired Monty Williams. Personally, not a fan. Neither am I. No. No. But, like, I'm a big Jaden Ivey guy. Jaden Ivey's been playing, like, five minutes a game, 15 minutes a game. Like, they finally had his usage tick up, but first they destroyed his confidence. Um, losing Duran, who who was off to a really good start, I feel like that's a big subplot here, you know? Big um, loss in my fantasy, too. Yeah, me too. The worst. I almost swore on air. That's how big a loss it is. Um, so I, I think those factors are part of it. But I also think, yeah, they they just suck. They just flat out suck. Um, last night, though, I think I think Vegas was prepared for the streak to end because the Pistons were favored, right? I think partly Markin and Clarkson and company. Yeah. Well, you out. look at it. They're on the second half of back to back. The Jazz. They're three and third. So coming into last night, they were two and thirteen on the road. Yeah. Right. They're sitting a bunch of guys. Like this I is know. the spot on the schedule you look at and you circle for Detroit to get off this uh, streak. But I looked at the roster and you know they've got my guy Agbaji. They've got Walker Kessler still in. Like they uh, Kelly Olynyk, obviously national hero. Um, <laughs> certainly British Columbian hero. Mm-hmm. Like they've got a ton of. Of, of ballers, you know, guy, and, and the Jazz won a lot last year. Like, they were, 
they were almost too good for their own good last season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're well coached. Um, I think they're kind of a sharp team. And then the game starts and the Pistons shot 86% on their first, like, 18 shots. They were up 32 to, like, 24. Like, they had a big early lead. And I was able to buy the Utah Jazz money line plus 160, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know that scene in The Lost Dance where Judd Bushler's like, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, we not we might not lose the game for three months. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the schedule for the Pistons and I'm like, I don't know what game you're gonna win. I know. Don't they have the Wizards in January like January at some point and the Wizards are like a total joke? They've well, got the Wizards the Spurs won last night. January tenth. The, the Wizards Spurs. won last night. Yeah, imagine I, Jeremy I always Grant think a shot at the buzzer cost me a lot of money. I always think now um, in like sports radio terms. So like imagine and look, the Detroit Lions are doing really well. So that that gives the Pistons some cover in Detroit. Right. But like imagine if we were if the Canucks had lost 25 straight games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what would there what, be a banner? What our shows would there be would like, be a banner. What the text <laughs> message inbox would be like. You know what I mean? What the Twitter conversation would be. I mean, be like. it would be kind of amazing to go through that. It, it would be something. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. It would be something. I don't know if I'd want to do it more than once, no, but doing no, it one time would be an experience. You I certainly wouldn't watch I it. I have no desire to do that. I'm telling you right now, I have no desire to do that. I'd be standing here on the radio, I'd be like well, you know, they're not actually playing as bad as their record. Their PDO is pretty, like, is really killing them. And, like, they're not the worst team of all time. If you look at point percentage, people would be so mad at me. Yeah. I would be mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, Trans Canucks fans are mad. Let them have this. Anyway, shout out to the Detroit Pistons fans <laughs> out there who just saw their team lose a 25th <laughs> straight game. And I would reply Unreal. through my Rorschach mask. No. no. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll take a break. Brady Henderson from ESPN joins us next to chat about the Seahawks. So we'll read some Ask Us Anything questions coming in. Keep yours coming in. We're giving away an AJ's uh, Pizza gift card later on in the show for the best Ask Us Anything submission. It is Halford and Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Perfect holiday music. Feels very peanutsy. Yes. Right? I'm not a big Christmas music fan, I'm not gonna lie, but oh, my all-time me. I'm sorry, I'm just not. My all-time favorite Christmas album though is Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, like the Vince so Gallardi, like it is, is my the favorite too. So. Goat of Christmas music. It's it very really good. Is. It's very good. Uh, although, although shout out to the Home Alone soundtrack. Also yes. a doozy. Dun, 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 dun. That's the Ukrainian Bell Carol. So good. Made famous. Well, I don't know about made famous, but famously included in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. So that's where he's the, coming the from. Ukrainian Which is also my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me really too. nice. I actually have a problem. All right, with oh, oh, oh. We, we, got, got we do have a guest, we have on, a guest line. on the line. <laughs> we did. Down. He hung Settle down, down guys. Uh, it's Alfred Abrupt here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we'll talk to Mojo about it Home is, Alone. There we go. It is time for our NFL preview brought to you by the Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game, the Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors theclaytonpub.com. We are now pleased to be joined on the line for our NFL preview uh, by Brady Henderson covering the Seahawks for ESPN. Brady, thank you for doing this. How are you? 
Yeah, what's up, fellas? Doing great. How's it going? It's going very well. As you can tell, uh, we're we're excited for the holiday season here. It's our last show before the break, uh, and we're excited to watch the Seahawks on Sunday. I mean, before we get to Sunday's matchup, you know, I know we're going back uh, in, earlier in the week at this point, but is the city or the fans still buzzing about that Drew Locke performance on Monday night? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and I mean that was a win they obviously needed very badly, and I mean they they needed any sort of win, whether it was a, a nail biter like that or a blowout or something in between. But I mean the fact that it came down to the wire like that, the fact that it was a primetime game, I mean that stadium is usually buzzing even for the you know Sunday afternoon games. It's always very buzzing for the Monday you know for the primetime games, and to have a finish like that in a game that they needed to win with a backup quarterback, uh, it, it was it was just a, a pretty cool deal all around. And I know, you know maybe we could get into, like, the, the difficult decision and the awkward decision mm-hmm. that they faced pregame with the quarterback. But um, that was difficult on Geno Smith. But uh, I think you could say all's well that ended well. And, and that was just, again, a win that they very, very badly needed. Now, now Geno's been back full participant at practice for, for a couple days here, Brady. There's no question – that he'll be back in against Tennessee, right? I, I I don't think there's any question. I mean, unless there were to be some sort of setback between now and then, yeah. which is unlikely given that they're just going to be doing walkthroughs uh, from here on out at this mm. point. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Pete Carroll and Geno Smith himself both stopped short of declaring that he would be there, uh, that he would be the starter, but it, it very much has trended that way. He was a full participant on Wednesday and Thursday, um, and Pete Carroll, again, without declaring that he would he would be back as the starter, um, he he pretty much pointed to that likelihood, and I think Geno Smith did as well, sort of saying that he's feeling pretty good. So the fact that it was as close as it was on Monday night, um, mm. I think that also gives you an indication that you know he, he should be he should be starting this game. I mean, they went into that Monday night game thinking that you know they were going to give him another game off and that Locke was going to go, and that he surprised them with how. Uh, good he looked pregame and, and to the point where Carroll started second guessing the plan that they had and then you know he reverted back to the original plan um, after talking with the doctors and the trainers and, and just realizing that it would be in the best interest of everybody um, to, to give him one more game off but you know meanwhile you, you let Geno Smith work out you sort of gave him that hope that maybe he could play and then you had to tell him that no no actually you know going to go with Locke uh, and that was very hard on Gino. Gino did not take that well, and he fought back very hard on that decision. Uh, and that was, uh, according to everything I've heard, a very difficult conversation mm-hmm. they had to have with him. And then to Gino's credit, you know, he flipped the switch and he turned into, you know, teammate and, and supporter, and you saw him on the sideline. Yeah, doing the backpack, um, <laughs> losing yeah, exactly. his mind. Doing, doing the cele- <laughs> yeah, doing the celebration and everything. So. Um, I think you got to give Geno Smith credit for how he handled uh, a very difficult situation and how he sort of flipped that switch mentally. And look, as difficult as it was pregame to have that conversation, um, uh, you know, look, you bought him another week of rest. Of evaluation out of Drew Locke, which I think is hugely important given mm. this, the decision that they'll face this offseason with both quarterbacks, you know, and, and deciding on their long-term futures this offseason. Oh, and by the way, you got to win that you badly needed to win, uh, a game that you badly needed to win. So I think as difficult as it was, all is well that ends well. The uh, One of the 
standouts, obviously, from that win was Kenneth Walker getting it done against an Eagles defense that tends to funnel toward the pass, but he was he was killing it, and now he's missed a couple days of practice here. Um, is that just rest for a guy who had a big workload uh, against a pretty heavy physical defense um, on 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 you know on Monday, or, or or is there any concern about his availability going into the weekend? Yeah, I, I would I would think there is some concern now. Mm. It, it, when I saw him as a non-participant in what was that Wednesday's practice, I would have thought it was what you said initially that yeah, they're just giving him a day off because you know the game was only two days ago and he carried what twenty he touched the ball twenty plus times and you know that was I think his second game back from the oblique injury. Um, so at first it looked like it may have just been a rest situation, but then when he misses another day of practice, I think that starts to become a concern. This is I always talk about these kind of uh, difficult-to-read injury situations where, you know, we don't hear about it from Pete Carroll when we hear from him on Wednesday, and then they go out and practice, and there's basically, you know, three practices between when we hear from Carroll. And so if a guy shows up on an injury report uh, like Walker did, you know, we don't really always know the full extent of it until we hear from Carroll Friday afternoon. So we'll get more clarity on that this afternoon. But, yeah, the, the fact that he missed the two practices – with a apparently new shoulder injury, that that does uh, give you some cause for concern about his availability. What's Jamal Adams' status, Brady, for this week, and also what what does his future hold uh, for the with the Seahawks going forward beyond this season? Yeah, both uh, very good questions. I mean, and, and there is seem to be some there does seem to be just a, some mystery as to what's going on with him right now because you know Pete Carroll said at the start of the week on his radio show. You know, they they didn't play him in that Eagles game uh, with an eye towards having him healthy, you know, making wouldn't have to make that turnaround on the short week to get healthy for this game. That So you gave him all of last week off. He didn't practice last week and he didn't play in the game. And the thought uh, from Carroll on Monday was that, you know, he would be good to go for this Titans game, a game where the game plan, you know, against a run heavy Titans offense that likes to put a lot of heavy personnel uh, on the field, multiple tight ends and whatnot. You got Derrick Henry in the backfield. So the thought was that this would be a game where where Adams' skill set and uh, you know his weaknesses as well, but you know his skill set would really play towards uh, this game plan. And then a day later, on um, you know what was that? Went on uh, Wednesday. Um, the, the, it was a very different tune from Carroll saying that you know they just don't know. He, he, he's still in recovery mode. So. Um, it doesn't sound like he's going to play this week just because he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, it was kind of fishy hearing Carroll that, you know, basically a 180 from one day to the next. I think if you take the comments at face value, you could say, well, you know, one of the things he said was, you know, it's basically with Adams and his knee, it's basically a day-to-day evaluation where they don't really know how he's going to respond, how his knee is going to feel from one day to the next. And so, that could explain Carroll thinking on Tuesday that he was going to be good to go. And then on Wednesday, you know, that's when they probably get their hands on him and they see him and maybe realize that he's just not feeling well. Now that that's taking Carroll's comments at face value. I, I, I don't think you can discount the possibility that with such a, you know, mercurial guy, mm. volatile guy like Adams, who is having such a frustrating season, you know, with this knee injury, that's, again, a day-to-day proposition. I don't think you can discount the possibility that maybe there's something else going on there where he's frustrated. I, I don't know exactly what that would look like, but this just seems like a situation where uh, there could be uh, more than meets the eye. What are you looking for in general as the uh, in the matchup against the Titans on Sunday? Yeah, it's, it, I, I think what's interesting is that this is such a different defensive 
style game for Seattle compared to last week. And last week, nickel for, I think, all nickel and or dime for all of, I think, six plays. So that's why you saw mm-hmm. Artie Burns play, you know, 61 of 69 defensive snaps uh, with Devin Witherspoon not playing. So that was a game against a team that likes to go with three receivers. And I think that's also one reason why they didn't want Jamal Adams playing that game. It was part health related and part game plan related where they didn't want him out there where he would be in the situation having to cover A.J. Brown or having to cover Devontae Smith deep down the field or even Dallas Goddard, who's a very good pass-catching tight end. Um, the game plan is is going to be a lot different this week. This, this would be a game plan where you'd want Adams out there as, as sort of like in the big nickel package where he's playing close to the line of scrimmage, uh, where he's defending the run, where he's, you know, running down Derrick Henry sideline to sideline and all that. And so um, I think that is an interesting part of this matchup. And so if Adams doesn't play, you would think that Julian Love, Julian Love obviously would start in his place. And I think he still will, but Julian Love has missed both practices this week. Mm. Uh, I think he's away from the team. Uh, as his wife was set to give birth this week. So I, I still think he's going to start, and I don't think Adams is going to play, but that's an interesting situation where you'll you'll have a guy playing there who didn't really get much, if any, practice time this week. Um, and then, you know, obviously Love is typically the third safety in that big nickel package. And so I think if, if you don't have Adams and if Love is in the starting lineup for Adams, I think you're going to see uh, Devin Bush basically take those snaps uh as the big nickel, he's you know uh, uh, kind of suited for that role in the sense that he's a linebacker, but he's, he so he's kind of a bigger body, but he also is pretty fast, and so I, I think he would he would take those snaps if Adams doesn't play as as that you know that big nickel back. What a big week for Love, huh? I mean, two picks, one of the plays of the year, and and a new kid. My goodness, no, yeah, no kidding, and, and yeah, he had two. You know, he forced two of the takeaways in the San Francisco game as well. Remember, yeah. he had the interception, the ball that uh, bounced off Ayuk's hands, and then he, uh, I think he tracked down Ayuk and uh, stripped him, uh, caused the fumble that Rick Woolen recovered. So, yeah, very big week for him. And um, look, I, I don't. If you're the Seahawks, I, I don't know how you go back to Adams in yeah. your starting lineup. I mean, their defense was so much better in that game at, at taking away explosive plays. You know how how do you how do you now turn back to Adams? Like how how would that be received in the locker? I, I think I think guys probably admire what Adams is doing in the sense of you know he's battling his way back from a very serious injury that some players don't really come back from, and so uh, I imagine they have some respect for him in that regard. But you know their defense is better when Love is out there, and so I I don't know. I mean it doesn't sound like it's going to happen this week, but even if Adams does get back next week. How do you make that switch back to him? I don't. Mm. I don't think you can do that. Brady, really appreciate the time and the insight as always. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game on Sunday and uh, enjoy the holidays. All right, you as well. Thanks, fellas. Take that, care. Thank you. That is Brady Henderson covering the Seahawks for ESPN. And uh, yeah, the Jamal Adams situation. And as you said, how do you even go back to him at this point with how Love has played in his stead? It's uh, Halford and Bruff here on Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, Thomas Drance filling in for Halford and Bruff. It's an Ask Us Anything Friday here on the show. We're giving away a gift card to AJ's Pizza for the best Ask Us Anything submission. We'll do that at 8.30. I did want to read this text. Uh, We were talking about the Pistons 25-game losing streak. They extended it to 25 games. And Torgy texted in, the Pistons should sign 
uh, Wallace, Billups, and Prince bring the old men in for one game. And this got me thinking. There's a, a great follow on social media on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at network Jason Conception. Do you follow him? NBA Twitter guy? Of course. Uh, of course you do. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Well, he's, yeah, and he's a writer he's like on a, the Amazon series yeah. Primo and his NBA um, Twitter. Well, no, but his nerd, his nerd, um, Coverage like uh, the binge mode podcast that he used yep. to do yep. is like aces. Yeah, great, no, I'm a huge great follow. Great yeah. follow. Uh, he had the the idea on Twitter earlier this week that every NBA should, team should be allowed to clone one all time great. Yeah, and like you choose the age, your team, okay. right? So like if the Heat were going to do Shaq, it would have to be like Heat Shaq, so not they like would. Orlando. So they wouldn't. Yeah, right. They'd do so. Would you do? 27-year-old LeBron James or 24-year-old Dwayne Wade? No, you do LeBron James. Sorry, Dwayne Wade. I don't think you would. What? What? That's a wild take. You guys don't understand heat culture. (laughs) No, you don't understand basketball if you're taking Dwayne Wade over LeBron James. You're right, and Pat Riley's probably ruthless enough. No, no, no. The heat would do Jimmy Butler just to make a point. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like... I really don't want to understate just how much the Heat buy their own BS. You know? Yeah, no, Ben, I'm annoyed too. I'm sorry. That's but crazy. As my ask us anything, building off Torgi and the and the Jason Conception point, I was thinking about it from a Canucks perspective. Who would you clone from Canucks history? Whatever age you want. Pavel that they played. I think it's got to be Bure. Because what, what, what are we close. talking about so much? Pedersen needs a running mate. You need an impact winger. You need that guy who moves the needle up front in the top six. But but isn't is this like a one time thing or you're or, or for all time? You so you choose like when how old was Pavel Bure when he joined the team? Twenty. So you choose like twenty or twenty one year old Pavel Bure. Yeah, and he's in your lineup forever. Well, he ages. Oh, he ages like normal. Yeah. Oh well, then you definitely go for like someone who is a stud, super young, like Pavel Bure. You don't want to see two Quinn Hughes. <laughs> You don't want to see Quinn no, Hughes. No, you play want with Pavel Bure. I don't think it can be. I don't think it can be a. Can you imagine Bure and Pedersen? Although Quinn Hughes on two different pairs would be pretty great. Yeah, like you, you just, just spend like, the well. whole game with Quinn Hughes, <laughs> <laughs> and you can clone like nineteen-year-old Quinn Hughes and extend your window. We keep saying the priorities get a top six forward. Extend you just got your Pavel Bure. Now, now, yeah, it has to be Pavel Bure. Very seriously, if the player, if the clone ages as normal, as opposed to like going into cryo sleep every night so that they are maintained forever at the exact same age, then I think you pick Pavel Bure. However, if it is a fixed point player, you know what I'm saying that never ages. Mm-hmm. I think you pick Roberto Luongo's age, 2007, 2006, mm. 2007 season, because then you're getting 76 games of 930 goaltending every single year. Like, you're literally a playoff team every single year. You don't even have to worry about it. You just lock in that playoff revenue. Now, I might not like it because it's hard to tank. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) But, um... But, you know, if, if your goal and the Canucks goal is, right... To be like, we have a chance every single year, no matter how good or bad the team in front of us is. Mm-hmm. If you're taking 607 Luongo. But I'm taking if, a duo in their primes. Do you take Burray and Pedersen together or the Sedins? Ooh. Oh, boy. I mean, but the problem is the Sedins' primes weren't great. 2010. Well, like the Art Ross. They weren't era. long necessarily, but like the peak. Like, I mean, he won the Hart Trophy. Sorry, their peak was amazing, but it was post prime. Mm. They hit their they hit their peak statistical seasons after their primes were over. I'm saying, you know, when you say their prime, I'm looking twenty, you know, 
22 to 26. Well, that wasn't when the twins were the best players in the league for a stretch that happened later on. Right. So if you're telling me like prime years, I take Beret Luongo, but if you're saying peak seasons, I still take Beret and Luongo. Uh, it's close, but I give you Beret and Patterson. Beret and Patterson. Beret and Patterson oh, together. Right. Now the, question, the question, ludicrous. the question, the question, then I take, is, then I take the twins. The I question think. is the chemistry though, right? Cause the twins have the built in chemistry, obviously. And I would still clone Beret. But we don't know how we would fit with Elias Patterson. Oh, we 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 know. <laughs> I think we I have know an idea. What would happen? <laughs> they they they'd be fine. That would be pretty sick. They'd figure it out. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like uh, the only. That's the, funny the, because the, I was trying to think of like okay, you'd basically a legitimate options on other line. than Beret, and you're. Tr- I'm trying to think of like the thing is the team doesn't have enough good defensemen in its history. You know what I mean? Because like oh, I'd love to clone somebody to pair with Quinn Hughes. It's like. There's no like. What am I gonna do? Sammy Salo. Yeah, I was gonna say Sammy Salo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like, no disrespect to Sammy Salo, great player. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Twenty-eight year old Sammy Salo. He's awesome. Pair with Quinn Hughes. Like, Sick. You, you, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I hadn't thought of it. And I think it's ridiculous. But now that you've said it, I'm like, <laughs> I really want to see that. Or like Matthias Oland. I was gonna say Oland too. Yeah. We get the lefty and the lefty. Yeah. Talking doesn't like Matthias. No, no, no. Salo. Salo. Salo all day. What are you talking about? Obviously, uh, I mean, can we also put in some like, you know, bionic yeah. limbs and stuff to, to for injury prevention reasons? I don't know if the we have the technology, technology has that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the million dollar version, the million dollar man version of Sammy Salo. That's what I want. Because that's the question with Pavel Bure too, right? Injuries. Uh, that's later true. On in well, and another uh, another texture pointed out. Would you just leave? Asked to be traded again? Like, would would that be a risk? We'd have. Well, to I, I think would the no, clone of Bure have the same thoughts of the city? Because I think Bure if did? you. You can learn from past mistakes in this scenario, right? Because you're cloning Burray. Imagine the clone once out, too. You're like, See, really? <laughs> you have to clone him and and send the... What's the story about the picking him up at the airport, right? So you have to, like, clone him early so you avoid that scenario. So he hasn't had that experience well, already. He also... He went to California because he defected, right? And, mm-hmm. and was basically, like, left there on his own devices with, like, Valerie, his dad, some, like, trainers. Um, like... You know, and then and then the organization, the first extension they offered him, they agree on the terms of the contract, and then it's in Canadian dollars. <laughs> so you'd avoid some of the pitfalls that this organization bumped into with Beret uh, in his first go around. I think partly because the NHL is just far more professionalized. Mm. Like the idea of having an agreement hammered out, and then it's like. Psych! It's in CAD. That's <laughs> never gonna happen again. Yeah, but I think you can learn from your mistakes and manage the relationship better with Beret to make sure he doesn't just want to leave again. Well, you couldn't have managed it worse. What if it's in his? What if it's in his genetic makeup though, and you just can't? Like it just happens. Yeah, well, this is a big philosophical question now, eh, dog? Like, what's I mean, the nature of fate? Yes, <laughs> honestly, honestly, also like no matter how well you manage the relationship. The attention that Beret got in Vancouver was so suffocating that I don't know that it mm. would have mattered in terms of him ultimately wanting to leave. That doesn't happen anymore, right? <laughs> no, Canucks fans are much more sane now than they were 30 years With ago. With social media? It would be way better. Yeah. Oh, wait. We're all calm and collected. Uh, Screenshot. It's, Austin and Langley, this is a good text. It's very chill. Can you imagine the PDO if Beret was parachuted in? Oh, mama. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Ryan texts in, and this name did pop up to me, but he says, it's Prime Bertuzzi. That guy in this league would be unstoppable. Now, the problem with Todd Bertuzzi is by the time he had his real breakout year, he was 26. So I agree in terms of skill set, 
but he only really had like two absolute peak seasons Apex where seasons, he was dominant, yeah. right? So you're getting a very short, whereas you look at Burray after he left, and in this scenario, we're saying you can keep him, potentially. You can at least try to keep him. You can negotiate that contract. He had, he continued to have absolute stud seasons. Bertuzzi, it was like two years of dominance. If you were, if you thought like like this was your year, you know what I mean? Do I get to drop, I get to airdrop? Prime Bertuzzi, like 26, 27-year-old Bertuzzi, onto a team with Rick Tockett. <laughs> That's what you're telling me? Like, I'm going to yeah. airdrop Bertuzzi onto a team with a coach who's actually going to make Todd Bertuzzi back check? That's pretty interesting. I mean, I'm here for the fireworks. In terms of, like, peak skill you don't sets. Bertuzzi over Burray, though. You don't. Right. For the hockey. <laughs> you do. For the, for the plot. Drama. For the plot. The yeah. First- like, are you do kidding you think, me? Do you think we'd get a, I'm tired of answering questions about Bert from Rick Tockett? No, no, no. No, no, no. I, but but I think you might have a blow the zone competition between JT Miller and, and Todd Bertuzzi oh that would be one for the ages. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, somebody else brings up Prime Hamus. I don't know. You take him over Olin, though. I mean, he, he Hamus is awesome. Hamus had a two-year run as probably the best two-way defenseman. Yeah, I think NHL. it's got to be Bray. Uh, uh, I mean... Although somebody, we do for for the sake of um, completeness, I think somebody pointed out that Prime Marcus Nasland is getting very disrespected. Very disrespected. He is. It's just not the peak. Is, he's a great player. Not the peak of Bure though. I, I, I know if you look at league scoring, like yeah, that's where I you're mean, going, right? You could ar- you could argue that Nasland's three year run was at, he actually had hit higher highs than Bure did. Frankly, and in fact, I think that's compelling. Like the three year run was sort of right before the lockout. Is basically like Nikita Kucherov, you know, like, tw- mm. it, th- I mean, that's basically what you're talking about. The best offensive winger in the game by a lot. Okay. We got to take a break. Keep sending your ask us anything's in uh, AJ from AJ's pizza joins us next. Plus we'll do the whiteboard here on Halford and Bruff Sportsnet 650.